0: Hello and welcome. In this episode, you will discover new tools that will allow you to better manage your time. You will discover how to overcome the analysis paralysis of decision making and how to access your strength to get things done without sabotage or struggle. A couple of announcements. Uh, This is the last episode for the year. It has been another year and we're like almost uh, two weeks away from Uh, Entering 2023. And another announcement is that we're shutting down this show. And we're starting a new show in 2023. And so basically what's happening is uh, that we are... uh, Basically what's happening is we are renaming the show. Okay. And uh, we have a new brand new name. And that's all exciting. And you'll see that in the new year. And uh, that's what we'll do. So let me introduce my guest. Uh, my guest today is Rati Garfin. Welcome, Rati.
1: Oh, my. Hello. It's so good oh. to be here.
0: Great to see you. And I look forward to our conversation. We're I'm talking honored about... to be
1: on the last show of this version of it.
0: Yes. And so um, we're talking about mastering the clock and time management and the rest of it today. Let me do the proper introduction to Rati. And we're going to dive into a very interesting conversation. If you know anyone that could benefit from, time management and learning a few tips and tricks, share the link uh, with uh, them right now. You could bring them live and or later and make sure to you like and subscribe to the show on whichever channel that is you're watching. Now, for over 25 years, Grafine has been coaching independent creative professionals such as writers, artists, healers and entrepreneurs who are scattered and overwhelmed. As a professionally certified career and ADHD coach, she helps her clients focus so um, they can grab the focus of others, get seen and make money doing what they love. Her tea has been recognized three times by experts.com, by expertise.com as one of the 15 best life coaches in New York City. She lives in Brooklyn with her husband, son and their dog pokey or pookie
1: pookie rested pookie died in peace it died last night everybody just letting you know
0: i'm sorry to hear that (laughs) and with their dog pookie who is rightly considered a neighborhood celebrity or was considered a neighborhood celebrity
1: now he's a neighborhood saint
0: yes so um you're in brooklyn what's it like out there right now
1: i love it out here man i'm so blessed to live in this area in this neighborhood it's freezing though is it yeah
0: (laughs) i thought only we we we, we, it's like freezing only in canada
1: well i'm probably the worst compared to people who live there they they wouldn't think this was freezing i guess
0: actually it's it's surprisingly warm up here in calgary it's like about zero degrees celsius that's warm for us for this time of year and uh it's not too bad actually you can walk outside so we're talking about time management and this is a an interesting topic again gang if you have any questions or comments Feel free to pop, uh, put them in a, in a comment on whichever channel you're watching. We'll do our best to respond to your questions, and we'll go from there. Now, let's get us started. Rati, what is your story?
1: All right. Well, I would say that my story uh, began on a stage in New Haven uh, uh, underneath a couch. I was playing a corpse. I had big army boots on. It was, the play was Tom Stoppard's The Real Inspector Hound. And I was probably 15 years old. And Meryl Streep, who was at the Yale School of Drama at the time, was flouncing back and forth across my legs in a gold lame lame gown. And I was the best corpse. You couldn't tell, I was, I didn't breathe for like an hour and 45 minutes. And after the show, I ran over to my dad And I said, so what'd you think? And he said to me, you know, that blonde gal's going to make it. Meaning Meryl Streep. Now, of course, as a 15-year-old, I needed him to say, you were the best corpse. I couldn't see you move. How did you do that? But it planted the seed. I made a decision. If I was going to be an actress of any worth or consequence, I had to be Meryl Streep. So. That belief uh, shot me on this journey of uh, chronic disappointment, right? Because, oh,
0: I'm back, yeah. I lost you for a sec.
1: Okay, well, after many years of disappointment, And we're back, I hope, for a minute.
0: Yes, yes. I got
1: you. uh, Good. Thank you. And I found out that uh, my worth was not related to what I did or didn't do or my success in any way. Fast forward. I left the ashram. I like to say that I was one of the few people ever kicked out of a cult because I was starting to get frustrated. The guru's vision was no longer mine. I wanted to be an actress. Long story short, I was acting out a lot, so I I ended up back in New York. But what I had learned at the Shram was that company's stronger than Will. Company is stronger than Will. I couldn't do this alone and started creating support systems around myself based on the work of Barbara Schur, who wrote Wishcraft and uh, Julia Cameron's The Artist Way. I was helping, I was facilitating these groups and people were getting things done. I had a friend who was a, an elementary school teacher in the public school system, and she opened a store on Lexington Avenue. I had another friend who became a DJ. I started a successful yoga practice to support myself and my. I was finally married at that point, and my husband said, You're good. You should start charging for this. Didn't know what this was until I found out it was this thing called coaching, but I'd never been trained. Got some training in it, and it was a lot more fun than cleaning houses or being a cater waiter. And it ticked all the boxes in terms of transferable skills. As an actor, you have to be able to listen. You have to understand story and narrative. And as a playwright, I have to know how to structure a story and help. As a coach, I help other people restructure their stories based on on their beliefs. And it turned out that that was the profession. this that was the profession I was supposed to be in coaching. And that's why I believe all life is cumulative and there's never a wasted moment.
0: Fantastic. Love that story. Um so what do you do these these days, and who do you serve?
1: Well, uh, as as you said, I work with creatives, uh, which include app developers, filmmakers, entrepreneurs of all kinds, what they have in common, is they feel pulled in fifty directions? I would say ninety percent of my clients are diagnosed with ADHD. Not all of them, uh, and they're all very anxious about time, and and wasting it, and not being where they think they should be by their mm-hmm. age, etc.
0: Gang, if you have any, if you're watching and you have any uh, questions or comments about time management or any questions for Ruti, put them in a comment and make sure you are like and subscribe to the show. Love it. So I mean, working with creatives is like hurting cats, basically, ah, right? Right. <laughs> uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, I mean, most entrepreneurs that I know,
2: hmm.
0: we have ADD, like mm-hmm. our attention is all over the place. And if it, uh, if there's like ADD or ADHD, and you're working with creatives, I, th- I think you're working with like a tough crowd. Am I in the wrong track?
1: Yeah, well, you know, people. I think a coach once said that if you want to know your ideal client, look in the mirror. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. <laughs> I have my own <laughs> neurodiversity <laughs> issues. So uh, it, it, I never thought I'd want to coach people with ADHD, actually, at one point. And then it's all I'm doing. So and I realized that I get it.
0: But does that I, mean I that you I'm have ADHD, not, ADHD as well yourself?
1: Uh, I'll be honest, I wasn't formally diagnosed. I am open about my Neurodiversity though, I was diagnosed as bipolar. I have a very close relative who has ADHD. And I believe if I were to take the test, I might. But what because coaches aren't diagnostician diagnosticians, what really matters to me are the traits that people with ADHD have and are very common to a lot of creatives.
2: Right. You know, it's just
1: like I like to say that just because there are circus performers on the train. Uh, on the airplane, it doesn't mean that the pilot needs to know how to juggle.
0: You right.
1: I, I have the skill set.
0: <laughs> right. I, I I think people with ADD or ADHD are are smart people. I don't see it as a as a as a condition or a disease. It's kind of like because I've seen a lot of people who are like they have ADD or ADHD, and when they do or focus on something that they li- they like or love, they are super focused.
1: That's right. That's right. right. That's right. Yes, I don't Honestly. see it as a
0: condition or someone that's like, you got to take your pill. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm fine.
1: <laughs> you know? It's a superpower. And yeah. of course, as with all superpowers, it's got its inherent strengths and weaknesses. I mean, Superman mm-hmm. was Superman, but then don't put him near kryptonite, right? There yep. are problems with any brain wiring. You know, you could be really cognitive and rational, and then you have no ability to empathize with people. So, yeah, it's just a matter of how to drive the car that is your brain.
0: Absolutely. So, Rati, what is your definition of time management?
1: You know, I used to say time management was bull because time marches on no matter what you do. All there really exists is priority management. And actually, I've changed my tune on that uh, because I'm very intrigued by the idea of Einstein time. Yeah. Versus, versus Newton time, right? Newton time is linear, right? Uh, in a nutshell, Einstein time. We are not the victim of time. We are the source of time. And, uh, you, know, you know, when you're with someone you love, or as you said, you're working on a project that intrigues you. Time passes in minutes. Hours pass in minutes. Whereas if you're where you don't want to be or you're in physical pain, Uh, and you're resisting whatever's going on, time is forever. Mm -hmm. And it's so really, I think time management has to do with shifting your relationship to time and realizing that you are its source. It's why you can get so much done in the last hour of work, because your attention is fully there. Whereas the rest of the day, you might be going, well, how am I going to fill my time?" which is not good for ADHD.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. When when, when when you enjoy something, time flies. And it's yes. probably perspective, a matter of perspective, right? Yeah. Like when, you, yep. we're, when we're bored out of our minds, sitting at home, and we're just like, oh, my God, this is so boring. Time doesn't go very fast. But when we're happy, things like go fast. Oh, absolutely. And it's like the older we get, time seems to go by faster. As I well.
1: wonder if that's because we're happier as the older we get. I like I it. That's part of it. It's I know the year
0: just went by like real, <laughs> real
1: cool. I know. <laughs> it's
0: crazy. Uh, it's interesting. Um, what is your approach to time management? How do you deal with it?
1: Well, given that I do, I, I think I've always intuitively gone with the idea that we are the source of time, I am not prescriptive. Uh, with clients. I don't tell them, let's figure out your schedule from nine to 11. You're going to do this. That won't work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I, I, I help the client dig into their relationship to time uh, and what uh, where they feel most alive in, 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 and making sure also that they are um, scheduling big uninterrupted chunks of time to do their creative work, uh, right? Um, multitasking. First of all, it's a. I do think it's a myth. We're just task switching, and it's and you're not taking into account transition time for your brain to transition. Uh, so I really try to convince people: don't expect yourself to work on your novel if you're going to be spending eight hours at your day job you're not going to come home and get yourself to to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, we have to, you know, I take the last week of the month off to work on content. And I just finished a book that's being published by Rutledge uh, in 23. But it was the last week of the month in which I wrote it. I didn't even fucking, I didn't try to turn my mind to it. So that's, The first thing, and if you're not a morning person, don't try to be a morning person. Here's the thing about entrepreneurs no, it's good that we are. A lot of us have ADHD because we have no business working for anyone else. We have no business pretending we can adhere to someone else's time frame on one hand. Then there are people with ADHD that imposed structure and the stress of being fired is actually a blessing. And then when they retire, they fall apart because they have to figure out their own relationship to time, right? But I start, I, I ask questions that, because I consider the client the expert. I'm not, the consultant comes in, they're the expert. A co- With a coach, we are trying to help you access your inner knowing in terms of what will work, because we have all succeeded at something in the past, and that moment in time ha- holds a lot of information about the way we tick and the way we work best
0: so you talk about the unstun time and i, yeah. I read about that definition in gay Hendricks' book the yeah. big leap
1: yeah great book the great and book i'll be
0: honest books. with you i did not quite get it mm-hmm. what he described like the mm-hmm. beginning of the book like three quarters of the book i got it but the last piece about time I don't have a good idea. What 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 do you mean by Einstein time and how does it work?
1: Well, I'll tell you, I'm I'm not, I don't know that I really could explain it scientifically either.
2: What's your definition? To, how does it you know, work for what me, do you? Mean?
1: Einstein time. To me, Einstein time has to do with taking full responsibility for your time. And so, if you if you are feeling bored, then you need to put your attention on what you want to be doing. Not you know, and people get distracted with ADHD because pain boredom is painful. Can be physically people get headaches from boredom with ADD. Uh, However, if you're saying okay, I am the source of time, and I'm bored what do I want to create? Mm -hmm. Because I will die. That's the other thing. When you know time is precious, you're the source of it. And once you're gone, the time is gone. Mm -hmm. Then you stop saying things to people like, oh, I don't have time to get together. You choose not to get together with that person because it's not worth your time. You know, Uh, wherever you are, if if time is going really slowly, you want to find out what what where are you? You're not fully present, right? You're not fully intrigued with your moment. You know the science behind uh, you know the you know the theory of relativity. I can't explain that science. I just you know I mean I just know that if a man is falling through space, he feels he weighs nothing on a scale. You know, uh, you know, uh, and and the closer he gets to gravity, that you're going to start to have weight again because of the pull of gravity. But mm-hmm. when you're just falling through space, there is no weight or time, and uh, so that means it's malleable. And mm-hmm. I find that if I don't rush and I'm just really present and mindful that I have all the time I need to do anything. It's a, you know, I'm sure that, you know, there's a scientific explanation. I can't give it to you. I can give you the woo explanation. I know that rushing slows you down. You, you know, when you rush through things, you miss half of what just happened. You make mistakes. You end up having to backtrack.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: when you mo- When you move slowly and consciously through time, mindfully it does feel like you've got all the time in the world so really it's akin it's a visceral intuitive understanding for me of that of that law
0: i've so i've been experiencing with that calmness and mindfulness for the past probably month or so i came across this guy named naval ravikant do you know him
1: it's a familiar name. I think so uh, I he's, a, he's a, a from...
0: Silicon Valley guy. He's like mm-hmm. an entrepreneur woo-woo yeah. guy, pretty successful. And he has a meditation method, probably not his, but he talked about um, his meditation method. Well, I'll share like real quick. That is cool. you sit down for an hour and you do nothing. You let your mind do what it wants to do. And then it just it your mind goes around. And in, in about half an hour to 45 minutes, the mind is That's done right. doing its crazy things and it kind of calms down. And I've tried and practiced m- many different meditation methods. None of which I really fell in love with, but I really fell in love with this one, which is like you're, I'm not trying to control my mind. I, I let my mind do its thing, and it get it. Then it relaxes, exactly. and it has really affected my daily activities and my results. And like the results have been immediate for me. Wow! So, so what uh, happens
1: when it's when your mind finally calms down and you're it's sick. this
0: feeling of it it, it's a calm feeling and it's like this 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 rush of energy through my body and sometimes i feel sleepy when i'm like this morning i actually fell asleep Mm -hmm. and so at the beginning it's like it's going around and you know um i heard this guy in a vipassana course talking about the mind it's like a monkey that is uh, you know jumping from one branch to the uh, another branch on a tree so when it's done doing that then it just gets to this calm state and it's beautiful and i could feel it throughout the day and it has helped me with decision making and the rest of it so obviously there's like different how, how do you do your do you do meditation
1: yeah it's funny i did a, i did one of the uh, 10 day silent vipassana meditation retreats yeah uh, and it was very it's funny in theory it's similar to the mindfulness technique i teach in my practice which is uh the method developed by Shirzad Shamin, who wrote Positive Intelligence, mm-hmm. it is really a purely, you're just aware of, you're just tuning into body sensations systematically from head yeah. to toe, from uh, toe to head, just observing without thinking or commenting
2: mm-hmm. on
1: bodily reaction, on, on just your body. Uh, and it's amazing. You don't think you can sit for an hour. You sit for an hour and the profile, I healed my eyesight. I actually healed my eyesight after that. I, three days into that retreat, I was f- very nearsighted. I, three days into that retreat, I started seeing the definition of the leaves on the trees. And I came back and I got an eye test and I was no longer nearsighted. I don't have to have that on my driver's license anymore. Something very deep, shifted. Yeah. And relaxed. And the thing about letting the mind go all over, I don't know, that I've, I'm going to try that. I'm going to give it a try. I think for folks who, who tend to be creative and, I don't know, it, it's different for everybody. I, I'm afraid that I would just, I could sit and daydream all day. Yeah. I could, my mind could just go all day. And meditation mm-hmm. isn't about stopping your thoughts. It's about not diving into and following
0: them yeah what i really love about this method is like it lets your mind do its thing and then it calms down yeah and when this guy was talking us it's it was like music to my ears like oh because i've got a busy mind like my i've got yeah. i think my mind is both creative and analytical right. so it's like racing all day long so the idea oh. of letting my mind...
1: god bless me sorry
0: bless you um <laughs> The idea of letting my mind calm down so did that it. I can make better decisions and get an understanding and a consciousness. Oh, did
1: it, it calm down then? It really did. It wasn't yeah. that... You, he said, let your mind go everywhere, but did he also have an instruction not to follow any training Yeah, exactly.
0: It's just you're not following, you're not judging, you're not filtering, you just let there it, it do its thing. Right. With the, So you're not guiding nothing. You just let your mind and you let yourself be and then... Some, and some days though, like an hour is not enough.
2: Mm-hmm. Some
0: days mm-hmm. it just keeps racing, which yeah. um if I didn't have things to do, I don't know. Sometimes I, so here's another dilemma.
1: Yeah.
0: When I, some days when I try to do my meditation in the morning, the brain goes, oh, we have things to do. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, shut up. I need to, I need to, I actually need to do this so I can calm down and actually take care of the stuff that I have to do so I can make better decisions. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, to me, like right now, there's nothing more important than calming my mind down. So I actually can deliver one or two good decisions per day. That's yeah.
1: it. It's so important. I all, I have all my clients at some point or another do some. When I found this, P, this positive intelligence mindfulness, though, it was a godsend because uh, people don't think they can sit and meditate. And especially if you have ADHD. And actually... A lot of people with ADHD are incredibly good meditators. Once they understand what it is, see, you know that, yes, it's you don't try to control where your mind goes. The key, though, is you're, you're sitting on the banks. Let's say your thoughts are a river. You're not diving into the river. You're, you're just sitting on the riverbank, and you're letting the river go by. That's the key. And if you sit long enough doing that without diving into the river, then yeah, you're going to find the stillness. But with positive intelligence, it's very interesting. You can do that. Like if you put two fingers together right now and you rub them, I invite everybody listening to do that. Just put your two fingers together. And if you want to close your eyes, it helps focus. And I want you to rub your fingers with such Mm -hmm. attention that you can feel the ridges in your yeah. fingertips. Yeah. Just just do that for a second. Just quiet for a second. And your, your mind may wander. Just bring it back to the ridges in your fingertips. Now I know I don't want to take up a lot of time because this is a show people listen to, but... Notice, do you feel like, I find it, you're calmed down. Insta- Once you do mm-hmm. that, you're bringing yourself right into the moment of all that is, is, is your present sensation, calms you down right away. You don't have to sit for an hour mm-hmm. to do that. You could, yeah. you could do 10 deep breaths. You could just watch your breathing for two minutes. That's all, that's all it takes, you know? It may you may need more if you're really hijacked emotionally of course but uh, we all have the capacity to seize control of our time by seizing control of our mind by having developing the mental fitness and focus through these mindfulness techniques to decide what we want to yeah. do with our time where we're gonna put our focus when
0: uh,
1: it's a lifelong practice
0: now it's mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. So we promised people to go over uh, how to overcome analysis paralysis ah, yeah. with decisions and things that are going around us. What's your take on that?
1: Analysis paralysis. Well, here's the, you know what? I, I, my coach, Monica Shaw, wonderful, wonderful coach. I remember her saying the secret to decision-making is deciding that whatever you decide is right. And what I love about that is the fact is you know a decision is just it's a choice that gives the universe more information. You will get feedback. If you can shift out of the mindset that making mistakes is bad, uh, then you can start to make decisions more quickly. The problem with staying in uh, analysis paralysis is, it totally curtails progress. Whereas no matter what choice you make, you're going to stay moving towards your goal. You may have to adjust the trajectory, you know, Uh, however, I think it's more important to make a decision than, uh, to make what you think might be the right one. I'm not saying do, do, do your due diligence. Don't do your due diligence. But you're never going to have all the information. So I mean, I heard this wonderful story uh, 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 about um, an army general who was uh, meeting with a bunch of uh, officers about a battle strategy. And the man who wrote this book, and I don't remember what it was, he was like uh, an underling, a low-level officer who was like the secretary of that meeting. Everybody was debating and at the end of an hour the general slammed his hand on the table and said okay we're going to do this people weren't finished debating and afterwards the the guy the officer asked how did you know how did you know what to do and the general said well i heard enough and we will never we will never have all the information we need i don't know but we had to make a decision one way or another. So if you can stop being precious with decisions and make them more like experiments, I'm going to mm-hmm. experiment. I'm just going to choose this and see what happens. Uh, I think you're going to move through that analysis paralysis. I would even put a timer on. Okay. I'm going to give my depending on the decision, like if you're in the cookie aisle, and you're spending 20 minutes deciding between oreos and a peanut cream thing you know just play around don't you don't get the 20 minutes set a timer for 30 seconds and then just grab a, ba- a bag of cookies we mm. have to train ourselves not to indulge that hyperanalysis which is really the uh that's really your amygdala your your fear center it's not your cognitive knowing Go with yeah. your thought. That's where that expression comes from.
0: Absolutely, I was uh, listening to a summary from uh, Nasim Talib's "The Skin in the Game."
2: Mm.
0: Name of the book. Mm-hmm. And, they, and this guy said, based on what I read here, the best thing we could do, the higher, highest form of acting, is to make to risk and make a mistake That's right. that we can learn from. That's like the. I mean, when I heard, it, I was like, "That is just." beautiful that's the best thing you could do is to risk something and make a mistake so you can learn from yeah and so i think a lot of us are scared of making mistakes but then if we don't make mistakes we won't learn things
1: that is right i mean absolutely Uh, so many careers have begun and ended before they even started Mm -hmm. because someone was stuck in their head and yeah. I, I can't get the line on the paper right. So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, or, you know, if I can't play guitar like Segovia, I'm not going to play guitar. You know, and so many, you know, I mean, for me, one thing I have to say for my younger self is she dove in head first. Mm-hmm. She made a big old mess. Yeah. And if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have learned everything I have. And I'm so grateful for every mistake I've ever made.
0: Yeah. I mean you, you wouldn't have all the knowledge and experience if no. you didn't. No. Right? No. It's like but the the other part is like I think society and the, maybe the school system oh, yeah. is training us to not make mistakes because people that make mistakes are mistakes are punished. They get lower grades and they get like put down by the school system. They're saying you know you're not good enough because you didn't your grade is not as high. You weren't you weren't right enough.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of good and bad around you know the scores instead of just curiosity. Mm -hmm. Like, huh, you got that problem wrong. Let's look at that. What what happened? Or you know, if it's not even a grading system, I think it would be better. Just you got a certain number right, wrong. Doesn't even matter how many questions you got right or wrong. Let's Mm -hmm. dig in with that without judgment and see. Why did you get these answers right? What did? Well, how did you retain that information, right? Learning to yeah. learn is not taught.
0: Yeah. Interesting. That shaming piece is an important piece. Gang, if you're watching or listening, uh, if you have questions or comments or feedback, put them in a comment and uh, we'll uh, cover it. It's interesting. So we talked about tools that will allow people to better manage their time. What do you have in your toolbox?
1: In my toolbox, which I, you, I do have tools, it's true. I do pull them out. I do make suggestions. I will ask permission. Sometimes that's appropriate if people are, you know. Uh, in, in general, uh, my favorite tool uh, for a time management is looking at the day like it's a sandwich. Uh, and again, I credit my coach Monica Shaw with this image of the workday sandwich. In other mm-hmm. words, you have the first slice of bread and that's the time of day, she calls it goddess time, you can call it God time, when you are totally nurturing yourself. I get up in the morning and I have a cup of coffee with a piece of dark chocolate, It just makes life worth living. You know, I do something enjoyable, and then I do some gratitudes. I have a little ritual that I do in the morning. Uh, and then when you enter the meat or the uh, filling, that's your work day, right? Some people have a club sandwich. You have that another slice of bread in the middle where you're taking a break, you're, you're uh, resting, a walk around the neighborhood, whatever. And then the top slice of bread is very important. Maybe the most important slice. Mm -hmm. That's when you consciously decide that work is done. And a lot of entrepreneurs don't do that. And then they get burnt out. You decide, okay, I'm done. Here's the secret to deciding you're done. You realize that you never are. You will never be done. You will never finish everything. So you stop at a certain time. You plan the next day. This is critical. So many entrepreneurs and creatives flounder because they're wasting their energy making decisions about what they're going to do with their day, the morning of, big mistake. You decide the night before what your three priorities the following day are. Mm -hmm. And then you enjoy your darn evening. Mm
2: -hmm. You have
1: your life. And that sets you up for your morning slice of bread beautifully because you don't have to worry about figuring what what you have to do you wake up get out of bed and you already know yeah so i love Love that that that's great
0: advice every time i do that i actually feel better oh yeah first thing in the morning because i i and i write it down either on my phone or on a a piece of paper no i i mean i don't do this every day but i Mm -hmm. i guess i should be doing it uh but when i do it things get done and I'm calmer and I cross things off of my list. And that's like the greatest feeling when you actually do something and it's done Absolutely. and it's beautiful.
1: And you know, when you don't do it, you can also look at that uh, with curiosity and, and it can be valuable because then you really, you actually experience why it is that you do do it. And then when you get back to the structure, you go, Oh, this is much better than skipping. It becomes a positive addiction. You know you're not quite right with the world on the days you miss it. It's not a should, mm-hmm. it, right? You just move towards what feels good. But, you know, sometimes we're just comfort, comfortable in our discomfort, and that's why it can get be difficult to establish a positive habit. Just have to keep... My, my, my definition of consistency is returning. As long as you keep coming back and practicing, when people say I'll try, that's bull. It's you know, failure is inherent in I'll try. If you practice the workday sandwich, one day you fall off. So what? You're gonna practice. Yeah, you're gonna get back to it.
0: Yeah. Let me go over this comment here from Adele, and then I'll have some uh, some discuss with you. He <laughs> says usually it's a cat and mouse mouse game for me between t- time and finances, knowing that afternoon to evening our best time to for work for me what will you suggest how to organize my day
1: mm-hmm. a cat and mouse game
0: between time and the, finances
1: between time and finances you know without knowing the particulars of the situation it's a little hard to just give advice i'd be curious to know what this uh listener does
0: mm-hmm. I think he runs a. He runs a, a Adele, if you could uh, tell us more about what you do and what. Give me a little bit. A little more that. details so, yeah. so, so Bratti can, can comment on. Let me go back to the feeling piece. Yeah. I was listening to uh, a coach, um, high, high-end coach, who was coaching people like Michael Jordan, and Kobe Bryant, and mm-hmm. some high-end, um, uh, high-performance athletes. And he was saying that a lot of times to. Reach that high performance goal or that place, they were ignoring their heart and their feelings.
2: Ooh. Just
0: to get because sometimes the heart their heart was giving them wrong signals. What's your take on that?
1: Wow. Their heart was giving them wrong signals. Well, I I wonder, I wonder what he means by well, that. Let, let, me,
0: let me give you what I understand from that. Yeah.
2: Sometimes yeah. I have
0: to give do things and then my heart says oh mustafa we're tired we need to take a break right now why don't we just go have a cup of coffee and enjoy our afternoon while i have actually things to do Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. so
0: the feeling says i'm tired while i actually have to do stuff
1: Mm
0: -hmm. maybe that's what he meant by that i don't know
1: maybe uh i know that you know certainly in terms of sports psychology If somebody is feeling bad because they missed a shot or they're feeling anxious about making the shot, they're sure to miss it. Whereas if they make a mistake in the game and they're able to just move on into the next moment, not hold on to any regret about what just went on and be fully present in the game and just focus not on the throw, but on the destination, then... Uh, that ups the game, I think, for athletes. Um, and I think if you are feeling too tired to do something, yeah, we do have to under we do have to overcome our feelings sometimes. That's a moment to really, I think, connect with the why. Yeah, I'm really too tired to do this. I just can't. But if I don't, then where i want to be by the end of the day is not going to manifest and if yeah. that matters enough you'll move through the fatigue it's really I, about the why i think
0: yeah absolutely I, i'm with you 100 if sometimes when you don't have a good enough or a strong enough why it's yeah. hard to do the work but then sometimes it's maybe a matter of find fighting and ignoring the conditioning that we already have that is not supporting us mm-hmm. so so going back to this heart idea and ignoring the feelings my conditioning says that oh i need to take time off right now and go rest while i actually need to change the way i think ignore that so that i can go to the next level or maybe, now, you, don't. Be
1: maybe you don't you know what because here's the thing if you, i'm a big proponent of if you're tired rest that's actually no right. no, no that's not what
0: i mean that's not what right. i mean if you're tired genuinely tired yes yes but sometimes our mind plays tricks on us and says mustafa we're really tired i could really use a cup of coffee right now to which i should say shut up brain i have work to do What
1: well, but i'm not really tired that's what i mean let me ask you, what if your brain was a little boy that uh-huh. that brain of yours was your son and your brain was like i, I don't want to I want to lie down. I'm tired. I'm hungry. How would you? Would you go? Shut up. Be quiet. That's not we. How would you parent that child?
0: I would. T- so if it's genuine, yes, I would. And I think Gay Hendricks in the book talks about the upper limit where you yes. reach a certain point, you're getting things done. All of a sudden, the brain comes up with some nonsense and then takes you away True. from what needs to be. I think that's what this guy meant here. Uh-huh. I could be wrong.
1: So then maybe you would say little boy, I know you're tired. I know. And we're going to you're going to be when if we're going to when we do this we're going to feel so good and I'm going to give you a treat. You are going to get a reward. If we do this, I promise and this is why it's important that parents keep their word. You know, you would coax, I know you're tired, but you can do it. You're Superman. You would play. Right? You wouldn't shame yourself right? Or you would say, you know what, you're capable, you would, you would coach yourself. Yeah, and I, I do believe in the upper limit problem. Sometimes, you know, very quickly, you feel bad after something goes well, or you find the next thing to worry about that, that has, I think he's talking about uh, a need for expanding our capacity for right. joy.
2: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Um, and That's a little, a little different than, um, Just, uh, you know, if and maybe you're tired because of an upper limit problem, it doesn't the why doesn't matter. It's, you know, it really is connecting to uh, being kind to yourself and encourage finding whatever it is that's going to encourage you.
0: Absolutely. I I feel
1: bad because we moved past this guy who had a question
2: about. No, no, he he just gave us the description. He says
0: he does local marketing and he says, my question is basically around how to get best use of time. But morning Mornings are not when a, he can find him, find himself engaged with work.
1: Right. Well, why does he have to be? Well, First of all, I don't know. Yeah. Does he work at a company? Is he self-employed? He runs a
0: company that does local marketing for other other companies, okay. like a marketing agency. And that, that was my immediate response. So it was like, you don't have to work in the morning. You can yeah. do it in the evening or after. Why are
1: you? If it's your... Yeah. yeah. I'm, that's my thing, too. When I work yeah. with people, I'm like... When, let's keep, you know, this is something a lot of coaches do, not just me. I will have people keep a time log for a a week or two Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: write down, just look over their shoulder every half hour and write down what happened.
0: Absolutely. Where did
1: their time go? Absolutely. Uh, And, you know, don't, and just like you sit and you let your thoughts go wild without trying to stop them, just live your life for two weeks and record You're going to learn so much about your personal rhythms. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you don't change things. You may notice certain things. Oh, Mm -hmm. I have uh, bedtime procrastination revenge syndrome. No wonder I can't get out of bed in the morning. I'm streaming videos till 3 a.m., right? Uh, And then you see where the habits need to shift. But you will also find out what your natural rhythm is. Some people are night owls. Some people do their best work. At three in the morning, right? You know, I, I think we have to stop making ourselves wrong and just get curious.
0: Absolutely. I don't know. I if that I'd love that. If that. I've done that practice. Um, I had to pr- to track yeah. your that's probably been one of one of the best time management and time tracking tools that I've used.
1: Yeah, and don't assume to track you know. My time for a don't week. assume you know, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: you have no clue what you do with your time until you actually do this. Yeah, like you, you track your time. What have I done in the past half an hour to an hour? And when you do that for a week, then, then here, here was here was my experience. I did it, and then I looked at the time, and I'm like, I, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, the second response, hell yeah, you do that. <laughs> That's you we think that oh I, I was thinking i was so organized and optimized and very effective so but I then suggest, reality was different
1: i would suggest to do uh you know the gentleman who wrote in uh i would like to prescribe that experiment track yes. your time for the yes. next two weeks let's see where your energy yeah. is going and
2: so adele this, suge- data.
0: absolutely adele if you're watching or listening the suggestion is track your time for, um, for two weeks. So, and here's what I would do. I would set a timer for every 30 minutes to an hour to ring. So to remind me to track what I've done in the past half an hour to an hour. And boy, when you do that for two weeks, it's like, it's a massive eye opener. Like there, you see the reality of your world and where your time goes, and then you could start optimizing it. It's beautiful. I love it.
1: Sometimes it's a cure within itself. I just want to add that I've experienced when I've done that. All of a sudden, you're really aware of your time. We're oh yeah, <laughs> time, and it's yeah. like you're. If you have to track your time, you're very aware about where you put it. Tracking time just, as an experiment to discover is fine, mm-hmm. but it, it also may end up causing you to use it much more efficiently and and moderate and in your energy may you may find your energy changes.
0: Yeah. And when you become more aware of what you actually do, then you can decide whether you want to do it or not. Yes, it's, it's a beautiful exercise. If you're watching or listening, I'll probably start doing it for the next few weeks just to see where I'm at yeah, and then uh, take it from there. Hmm. Well, So, so far here are a few tools that we talked about and feel free to correct me. Uh, one was meditation to calm your mind down so that you can actually manage your time and become conscious and become aware of what it is that you do that's right. true was um uh what was the second one right now we just we just talk about um t- tracking your time and there was a third tool that you we talked about
1: oh the sandwich sca- workday sandwich
0: yes is that it? yes i think there was another one there maybe there was a there's a fourth one that i skipped my mind but um mm-hmm. so those are some of the tools that oh
1: yeah decision making don't don't yeah. writing down, writing decision. down what
0: needs to be done. That was another thing like decide right. what what you need to do for the next day
1: For the next day, the night before. That's right. Yeah.
0: The night before and in the morning you look at it. What's the priority? Boom, you get it done.
1: Yeah, I would say just choose three things the night before. Mm-hmm. And And, you know, also that gets into your overall goals for the week or the month. If what, if the three things you're, if at least three things aren't moving you forward toward those goals, then you're not spending your time where you actually want
0: it. Yeah.
2: So
1: the, the three Absolutely. goals for the day should pertain to what you're trying to accomplish. Yes. Overall.
0: Yes. So we talked about the zone of genius. What is the zone of genius? How can we find it and how can we spend more time in there?
1: Didn't we talk about the zone of genius? I don't know. Let, let's talk about the zone of genius.
0: Not
2: yet. Yes,
1: the zone of genius. Oh, that is just a bit of that. We hear that a lot in the inspiration economy now. Are you you know, I here's the zone of genius. If you write down all the things that you need to do to keep your business running, and you eliminate everything that someone else could do. You know putting together the contracts doing the payroll you know getting the the money formatting the newsletters whatever and you just boil it down to what only you can do for instance i'm the only one who can coach my client yeah i'm the only one who can show up and do this live stream you have identified your zone of genius if you've created a living doing something you love And you find yourself resenting how difficult it is, it's probably because you're not spending the time you need in your zone of genius and delegating the other stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, is one take I have on it. The stuff you do easily, you know, that could be, you could also say it's the stuff. The stuff that feels like breathing, it, it's practically natural. You know? Yes. Right? That's thats your zone of genius. I'm not going to spend two hours formatting my newsletter when somebody can do it in 15 minutes or less. Right. Because
0: it's their zone of genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I just recently read the book. And again, if you're watching or listening, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks is an yeah. absolute read.
1: It's a fun read. uh
0: It's a game changer. So when I read it, I found my zone of genius, one of them. Is actually what we're doing right now. When I'm when I do the show, when I do a podcast, when I'm on stage, when I'm speaking, and when I'm teaching and managing a room, I'm in my zone. Of, like it's mm-hmm. I don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. I find it really easy. I'm not worried about it.
2: Yeah.
0: And you know, another way for me to identify is like things that I'm against doing or being known for that I do naturally. For example, I never wanted to be known as a speaker i don't want to become a speaker turns out when i'm speaking i'm in my zone of genius <laughs> Big now i'm not the best speaker i'm not the best speaker in the world but it comes to me naturally like standing up and talking and managing a room of a thousand people comes natural to me then i was like oh i had this big aha moment my lights yeah. went on i'm like yeah. There's something here I should focus on. That's why we actually. That's why I I pulled the trigger on rebranding the show that I just announced uh, in the beginning today. So if uh, the Big Leap Gang, you got to watch it. You know, you got to read it, not watch it.
1: And he also has a very nice podcast called The Big Leap, uh, Gay Hendrix. I forget his colleague that he does it with. Oh. Uh, but I've been listening to that too. Not to not to talk about a competing co- podcast or anything,
0: but uh,
1: oh, there's room for everybody. <laughs> love it uh, yeah so
0: let's talk about your gift uh yeah. and i shared the links here in the comments earlier what is your gift tell us about it the three keys to your next step in life when you're pulled in 50 yeah, directions
1: 50 directions well i'm very happy you're sharing this gift with your audience now because boy, isn't it the time of year we're all supposed to be making decisions about 2023 and what the heck we're going to do? Right. Um, This is, uh, the the three keys is basically a system of breaking down the information involved in a decision Mm -hmm. and identifying what matters most to you
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then once, and that's what you make, that's what you base your decision on. Whatever is most important, that's where you're going to put your focus. And once you do that, you can take action. Once you make a decision, you can take action. And if you use this gift and go through the worksheet, you will be doing your internal due diligence. There is no reason. Once you lay it all out there, what's important to me spiritually? what's important to me in my career? what's important to me in terms of my relationship? you know whatever the big three areas are for you and you get them all down there. and you know you you identify, for instance, uh, you might be somebody who wants to, Um, open a health food store. But meanwhile, you're dealing with autoimmune disease. And, uh, you know, you're you're trying to get pregnant. Well, you, you figure out through this process, you can do everything but not first, you can't do everything first. So it's not just decision making, but in the process of making decisions, prioritizing. So a person like that, may put all their effort into a healing regimen for their autoimmune which of course informs what they want to do professionally right and then once they're good and healthy i forget what the other one they want to have a child did i say was that it my short term memory is like shot but then they can you know that when you got you know the expression when you got your health right <laughs> now it, another situation could be you have this um you want to write the great american novel but you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from. You may find whether you like it or not, it's not neither or but first you have to s- solidify your baseline income. And you you know you that's where you're going to put your focus. You identify the way the ways that you can make money so that you're not worried about your income and then you can focus on your novel, it's really a, a brain purge and clarification that uh, system that will allow you to really see the decision when you when your values are aligned, decisions make themselves. You identify what's really important to you, what you, in, in accordance with your values, and you see it laid out in front of you. You're going to find it really helps to make the decision rather than just rumbling around in the darkness of your own mind.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So again, the link to the gift, the three keys to your next step in life. When you're being pulled in 50 directions, the the link is in the direction and in the direction, in the descriptions of the show. Mm -hmm. And it's in the comments Mm -hmm. that you can click on and get access to now. um, um, uh, Rati, would it be all right if I ask you a couple of personal questions before we wrap up?
1: Sure. All no, right. No. So,
0: <laughs> what is something new you have tried recently?
2: Something new.
0: I have. Tried. It could be big or small. Small as a yeah. cup of coffee, big as going to the moon.
1: uh well, I'll go with the first thing that came to mind because, as I said, my dog just died, uh-huh. and what I've been doing, I would say, in the with uh, you know, in the last couple of years, is I have been letting. I have been death doulaing, And that's new. Instead of deciding, oh, well, everybody says the animal should be put to sleep. I'm just following my heart and, 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 and following the cues of the animal. And is and, and, and uh, I have doula two deaths. Uh, and, you know, spiritually, you know, my mother, uh, I also doula my mother's death. And I, I, You know, we could have said, put a needle in her arm because she's not enjoying herself. But the fact is, we don't do that with people.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: who's to say that an animal wants you to, to put them to sleep? So I yeah. And I had a very traumatic experience doing that many years ago. So I decided, yeah. no matter what, I am going to be courageous and live moment to moment. And death is going to be part of our day-to-day life. Because death is part of life, so I'm so grateful that I had the experience of doulting these two little animals' deaths recently, and uh, I recommend it. Being with your fear—that's the experiment. Being yeah. with your fear.
0: Uh, you know, it takes courage, and should. Uh, to me, that seems like a, um, a, a relieving or relieving experience when you actually face your fear. You're in the moment and then you're done with it. Instead of ignoring it and acting like you're just gonna bury it and put it away. Now that's um,
1: where regrets come from. That's where regrets. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But when you when you 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 just walk right into it, heads first,
1: that's it. You have
0: no regrets. Give me two of um two of your favorite books.
1: My favorite oh, Man's Search for Meaning, Victor Frankl. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: And Julia Cameron's Artist Way. The artist Artist
0: Way. way. Yeah. I, I and should read bit that. Bit also way Barbara
1: book. Wishcraft. That's seminal. Those three books you're set,
0: in my opinion. What was the last one?
1: Uh Barbara Scher, S-H-E-R. She she died last year. I consider her the mother of coaching, and she wrote a book called Wishcraft.
0: Wishcraft. Wishcraft, not
1: wishcraft but wishcraft.
0: Love it. I'll put it on my list. Yeah. What what advice um or What advice made a big impact in your life or business? Just the one, the biggest.
1: Ah, What advice made the biggest impact in my life or business? Well, what's coming to mind is uh, examine your relationship to money. Examine what money is to you. It's not just a form of currency, it symbolizes something. That was very big. My coach Monica Shaw really talks about money voices and she works with women and money. And it's true for men and money, you know.
0: Monica, money, yeah. but what? Monica what was the Monica last name?
1: Monica Shaw, S-H-A-H. S-H-A-H. Uh, money, get, get, get clear about your money, your relationship to money. Mm -hmm. You love it. Do you, do you dislike rich people? You know, if you have a problem with, you know, you got to look at your relationship to money if you want to have it and you have to pay attention to it. That business wise where it was probably business wise, best, best. Love it.
0: Um, Ruti, if you had a Facebook or Google ad where everyone around the world with access to internet could see a message, what would your message be for the people of Earth?
1: Ah, oh, the people of Earth. Oh, I would, I the first thing that comes to mind is rushing slows you down. Rushing slows you down. Any mistake I've ever made. It. Right, slow down. Because, yeah, think about it. any mistake made in the heat of rage or whatever, rashly.
0: That was the punchline. That was the... That was a mic drop for the show.
1: <laughs> Rushing, Rushing slows, slows you
0: down. down. If at any time any moment you're trying to rush, you're probably hurting yourself. I agree. And I have a personal story on that. I have multiple personal stories. I so, we're one. almost out of time. Um, Rati, uh, is there anything that you maybe would have wanted to mention real quick that we didn't get a chance to talk about?
1: Oh, well, thank you. You're putting the free gift out there. Um, I guess just keep an eye out for my book, which is uh, coming out in 2023, I'm not exactly sure, in about six months, called The Five Emotions That Stop Success, and it's going to be published by Rutledge, and I'll give you a teaser. I will tell you what the five emotions are. They are shame, grandiosity, envy, boredom, and fear. And I really dig into the dynamics of those emotions in the book.
0: Very nice. Well, this was a really interesting conversation. That was a value bomb. A lot of good nuggets, tools, and information. If you just joined us, go back and re-listen and re-watch the show. Uh, Ruti uh, and I talked about some really good stuff about time management. Thank you, Ruti. This was a great show. Um, You shared a lot of nuggets and knowledge and wisdom. And um, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, this is the last show for the year. Uh, Next year, we are coming up with a brand new name and a brand new show, which is going to be interesting. I'm excited about. And um, take care of yourself, gang. Happy holidays. uh, Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Whatever it is that you are Um, celebrating, have fun, take care of yourself, literally take care of yourself and meditate, you know (laughs) calm down, use this time to reflect, set the goals set the plans for the new year so you know what you're doing and you know your goals and your vision take care of your family, have fun and we will see you in the new year Happy New
1: Year everybody
0: Happy New Year's Bye now.
2: Thank you, Mustafa.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.